Hello, friends. This is Dr. Benjamin Smith, lecturer in philosophy with Catholic Studies Academy. Welcome to Take Every Thought Captive, our digital space where we explore the 2,000-year-old Catholic intellectual tradition. Today, I am joined by my friend and former uh, student, uh, Mr. Witt Smith. Witt, feels like it's been a long time coming. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks no a relation, lot. No, no relation, by the way, but... We know of. We know of. That's true. That's true. Uh, you never know. Smiths in Tennessee, you never know. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You know? That's true. Uh, Mr. Smith is a uh, Catholic entrepreneur, a dad, um, uh, also a music producer, um, and uh, I would say just sort of general Catholic provocateur. Does that sound about right? That sounds great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, and also I met Wit. uh, had the good fortune of, uh, meeting Wit uh, at, um, Catholic college where I was teaching and, uh, got to be friends with Wit uh, as a student. And then later, uh, as well today, uh, we're going to talk about a great topic, topic that I'm always interested in, which is philosophy and history. Um, I think it's important to recognize and sort of engage with philosophy, both, in sort of its abstract sort of perennial forms, but also in terms of its sort of lived experience, concrete philosophy, philosophy uh, as we actually run into it uh, in our lives, um, in our relationships, uh, and in our society. And that, of course, uh, you know, history includes our own time, right? Um, And I think especially at a time that so many of us find sort of uh, confusing and sometimes downright alarming, uh, it's important yep. to kind of take a step back occasionally and say, hey, you know, what's going on here? Where are we? Right. Um, mm. And this is a kind of exercise I've done a couple of times in the past uh, with most recently, probably about a year ago. Uh, I did maybe a little longer than that one on what I called at the time. Terrible name. Post postmodernism. It just sounds so terrible <laughs> to say out of your yeah, mouth. Yeah, that's very postmodern <laughs> of you to say that. Right. Yeah, it even has a terrible uh, uh, shorter version. Is Popomo. Yeah, you could just like see some <laughs> continental philosophers in Zurich being like, what do we call this? <laughs> what do we do Post, now? Postmodernism. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Yeah. Popomo. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and I think there were some good things that came out of that conversation last time. Explored it, but I kind of think things have changed, or maybe there's just things that I've become more aware of um, uh, over the last, say, year to year and a half that I think I want to revise. So, this is going to be um, an exploration in, you know, what we could call zeitgeist, right? The spirit of the age, right? Mm-hmm. I actually, geist, you know, is a great German word. It really probably closer to mind, but not in sort of the abstract sense that we usually think about, kind of mind sort of in the world doing things right right very german kind what is of mind, zeit right? what's zeit mean you it's like of the age mean? time yeah the time ghost yeah the time mind right the time yeah the time mind, mind. yeah, yeah, like yeah. so um i want to kind of i think it's a good way of uh approaching this is to talk a little bit about my own engagement with postmodernism because i'm entitling this episode after postmodernism which kind of gives away kind of a little bit of where I think we we are. When I was uh, studying undergraduate and graduate philosophy, uh, I you know postmodernism was I think in its sort of heyday, right? Um, it had its greatest effect. 
you know, myself, I'm a Gen Xer. A lot of my colleagues were Gen Xers. This was kind of the the philosophy for us, right? We were kind of skeptical, kind of cynical. You know, we weren't going to sort of buy into any It was the 90s. That's right. Yeah. It was the 90s. It was also fun. I will say that about it. Like, we were skeptical, but we weren't, um, um, like, um, boring, you know? We were actually yeah. sort of skeptical and had a good time. You know, we got, well, like, right. well, nothing really matters, so let's at least have a good time, right? Um, right. Which, whatever, whatever. There you go. Um Every age has its particular sins, right? Um, right. So, you know, it was at its high heyday there. And then, of course, I was becoming Catholic at this point and sort of kind of doubling down on the conservatism that I had been raised with, but now sort of kind of um, elevated and enriched with sort of Catholic tradition and classical philosophy. Right. Uh, and so I was sort of pivoting against that in a lot of ways, uh, against postmodernism, at least in, in a lot of, you know, some ways philosophically. And, um, you know, sort of saw a lot of my own work as combating the kind of skepticism, right, and the critiques of reason that you would find in postmodernism. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, time goes on. And I think that that period, you know, has sort of like we've left that behind. I don't think that we're in the same period in terms of postmodernism. Let me I'll give a couple of examples that I think are helpful, but for example, I had one professor where I went to, to the college, which I would say at the time was a very just sort of center, center, middle of the road kind of college. It wasn't radically left. It wasn't by any means super conservative. It was just kind of right in the middle. Right. Right. And um, you went to well, the same college for a little while. Right. Um, and, you know, I had a professor there, though, who was a Marxist, uh, which is kind of crazy to say, but there she was like she confessed to being a Marxist, right? You know? A confessing Marxist. A confessing Marxist, that's right, yeah. And um, one of her interests was intellectual history, and she had an emphasis on the idea that kind of a Marxist critique of science, right, which is kind of interesting, right? That is mm-hmm. that science is a form of privilege and power uh, and hierarchy that privileges sort of a white male logocentric uh, kind of perspective over other perspectives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that really was just a kind of a discourse of power that needed to be, if not displaced, at least uh, undermined, right? And right, uh, or de- viewed with a yeah, viewed with a, a bit of skepticism. That's right, viewed with skepticism. That's right. Yeah. And so even with the Enlightenment, right, which I tend to sort of think of Marx kind of as an Enlightenment kind of guy in an odd sort of way. Uh, certainly right. Marx thought of himself as being scientific, right? Um, you know, they thought his own work was uh, was uh, scientifically rigorous. Uh, it was Trotsky, right, who more put it in a kind of ethical uh, and aesthetic and moral and cultural sort of tone, right? Um, Good old Trotsky. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the losers right yeah <laughs> they didn't win <laughs> right trotsky the vanquished <laughs> that's right but anyways um uh you know so that's just one insight you know another is that i was we were reading people like uh um let's see here um there's a guy named fire robin there was uh that a lot of us read uh coon was very important he was the paradigms of scientific revolution um there was uh, Richard Rorty in the American scene who sort of did a kind of a postmodern pragmatism. Uh, he called, he, ta- he actually, he was a left winger who liked to use terms like 
ethnocentric democracy, which was really interesting, right? That's very like, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> His arguments were like, we can't really prove that the Nazis were wrong, but if you come and live in America, you'll like it better. Um, <laughs> right. for, know, now. for now, right? yeah. yeah. So, anyway, that's kind of interesting. Um, he called, yeah, he called it, uh, that was his argument for our democratic faith. Uh, but he admitted, mm. he, he, he admitted, right, that there was no sky hook, as he liked to put it all the time, by which we could ground our judgments in a sort of transcendent, permanent, or universal perspective. That our, you know, our judgments are always perspectival you know, um, sort of conditioned by a particular culture and all that sort of stuff. Right. Mm. Um, so anyways, so that uh, was his sky hook. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. So, um, that's you know, kind of the decade in which I was being philosophically formed. I was reading a lot of other stuff too. I was doing a lot of Aristotle, Thomas Aquinas, all that as the antidote. Right. Right. But as I've said, yeah. you know, I think our, our culture's moved on. What were you going to say? What? No, I was just going to say Reading Aristotle and Thomas Aquinas in mm. living in postmodern land, it's jarring. <laughs> it is jarring. Right. That's why I'm Catholic. That's okay? right. It's right. Yeah, I rolled up to uh, uh, your class <laughs> and was a thoroughgoing Marxist libertine. Mm. And I was like, you know, and you're talking about, y'all are talking about virtue ethics and objective truth and you know, right living and all uh, these things. And I was just like, whoa, uh, okay. So <laughs> there's ac- there's actual like philosophic underpinnings to my mom scolding me for going for sneaking out at night. That's Got right. It. Okay. That's right. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. It was, yeah, it is kind of bracing and and sort of exhilarating, right? Uh when you're sort of because because you are really doing something really sort of different, right? Yeah. Um, and setting out in a totally different trajectory. And it's exciting, I think, when you, I mean, to some degree, uh, it's exciting when you think everything is being deconstructed and they're like, no, actually, there is a different way of thinking. We don't have to be cynical and indifferent to everything, right? right. There's, there are actually right. things worthy of my commitment and uh, fidelity. Um, it's like, it's like, uh, like watching clerks um, say, <laughs> when you first get to your parents' house for Christmas, and then on Christmas Christmas Day, you watch It's a Wonderful Life, and you're mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, maybe it is good to have Christmas cheer. Like, <laughs> maybe that's all right. To, that's right. That's right. Maybe this holiday is cool. You know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, as, as I say, time moved on, and it seems to be more and more. And you and I have talked about this that um, the critique of science has just completely faded. And I think this is very closely allied with maybe various political moments and developments uh, around things like maybe um, COVID and then also um, around uh, environmentalism, right? Right. Uh, and maybe a couple of other topics that are coming to mind, but those two come to mind where certain political movements latch onto science in order to advance specific, say, public health agenda or uh, environmental agenda, right? Right. And so all of a sudden, right, when I'm thinking, I'm still sort of like kind of thinking in the 90s and maybe early aughts of a criticism of science and science is sort of over here, right? Actually, it's being sort of re-embraced, right? Uh, yeah. In a lot of ways uh, by the culture. And probably especially the other one that jumps out, of course, is evolution versus uh, creation in sort of our right. American 
religious dialectic, right? Right. So, um, yeah, those things yeah, come. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say the scientism. I think I think there's been an undercurrent of scientism since the, uh, you know, genesis of the of the scientific revolution, if you will. Sure. But it like it like crops its head up. Yeah. You know, because you had the like Malthusianism. <laughs> Uh, uh, that was saying, oh, we got these useless eaters everywhere, and mm-hmm. and we've got to get the population down. And then that, sure. and then it, and then it flitted to mm-hmm. another thing. And then in the seventies, you had the population bomb book right. come out, and yeah. So there's like periodic kind of scientist scientism. I don't know how to was it scientismistic. Yeah, it's hard okay. to say. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, uh, like like epochs that come around sure. periodically, and right now with COVID. Mm-hmm on the tail end of COVID and they're trying to mask again, by the way, they're trying to, <laughs> I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> yeah. At least not in Tennessee. <laughs> I don't think so. so. But yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Like I, I, I think in the nineties from what I gather, I mean, I was young, I was younger in the nineties, but um, the, the Gen X like critic healthy criticism of like the scientific intelligentsia like mm-hmm. that, that's gone now. Sure. Uh, like you said, but you know, I think if you were pr- to press somebody in the '90s about, say, evolution, they'd be like, "No, nah, I mean, like that—that's scientific." I mean, I, I don't know mm-hmm. how deep the Gen X critique would go mm-hmm. on evolution outside of someone, say, like Sarah from Rose, you know, or mm-hmm. somebody like in that camp. Sure, you know? sure. Yeah, I mean, it kind of depended. I think uh, who you're talking to. I mean. You know, Derrida later in his career tried to back off some of the stronger things he said early on, uh, mm. as as people do, right? And Foucault yeah. is, is sort of similar. Um, Woo! The uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, these are pretty heavy hitters, and mm-hmm. you know, we're pretty serious about um, really thinking of science as one narrative among others and particularly again early on a western narrative that had you know the that that really was adjacent to imperialism uh yeah. and, and so you know a lot of this was uh a white versus brown right sort of of course you know sort of situation right and yeah. so you know science and in 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 that period of critique right um you know, maintaining folk ways and uh, folk understandings was very important, right? Because it was a right. sign of and a way of being anti-imperialist. Yeah, and now the irony is uh, the imperial the imperial urge has has not abated among these <laughs> these proponents of scientism. In fact, uh-huh. the fervor the fervor is heavier than ever, and uh, the the most annoying part of it is that they love to say folks. <laughs> you know, have you ever noticed this they're, they're like they're like well folks you know the uh folks are you know they're they're without access to these masks or oh, whatever right. you know, they that's love right. to say that and they're the least likely people to know folks okay? that's right but they that's love right. to say it they love to say they it. love it's it true. yeah it's true. and there is a kind of uh sort of uh um paternalism there right like if they just had access right. to what we had access to then of course they would do what we're telling them to do right you know, if like they just had my terrible productive <laughs> middle-class dad in the suburbs who right. I don't like, right. Right. then maybe they too could say folks that's right uh, you in know. the same way you yeah, know one yeah. other uh moment of scientism that's often forgotten right is 
uh, early 20th century and late 19th century social evolutionary theory and eugenics, right? Mm, Which, I mean, yeah. you know, those were like, that was considered fairly scientific. Uh, I think Herbert Spencer being sort of like one of the real, you know, proponents beating the drum, you know. But, you know, he, right. he was pretty much like, look, you know, there's there's higher and lower in the species. And, right. uh, you know, we just need to let uh, let the competition for resources play itself out and let the, you know, the weaker fall behind, the stronger ascend. <laughs> right. right. And, <laughs> and, that, and that's totally gone. So that's right. That's right. Now, but that was totally considered gone. scientific, right? Uh, at the time, right? You know, yeah. which is really interesting, right? It's all those who invoke them. Like, oh, do you like eugenics, right? <laughs> yeah. Do you think they you love should, Darwinism? They love to think that that we, you know, we came from the 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 goop at the bottom of the lake, right? And emerged like the swamp thing, and. Then they they apply it. They're like, oh yeah, I love I love Shark Week. I love to watch the Yellowstone documentary. We need to bring <laughs> the wolves back. And all that, you know, we're just terrible apex, you know, parasitic species. Right. And then and then the minute you talk about you know human hierarchies, uh, hierarchies, they're like, well, I mean, that doesn't obtain. You know, yeah, that that's right. What are you talking about? <laughs> or they're just like, we'll never talk about that ever. That's right. right. Meanwhile, they're like going home. About. They're going home from their praxis party and like gossiping about how somebody's an idiot, that's you know, right. like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. like he's just an idiot. I don't know. He broke up with that girl and he's just dumb. And you're like, well, I thought you, well, so you're on top. Gossip. That's right. Okay. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, what I've been interested to see is the emergence of really uh, a new worldview, right. In which you have, I think on one side, science science scientism uh physicalism right so i would say a great number of um people today when i ask questions that are meta i think properly metaphysical in nature would just say well look science has the answer to that question you know so when i say you know metaphysics is the rational investigation of what is real or reality you know mm-hmm. the 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 response will be we'll just go look at your physics book you know and that and that you know physics and chemistry will tell you what you need to know there yeah meanwhile know. they used cliff notes um, <laughs> that's right <laughs> and that no one reads the textbook like they haven't read the textbook okay mm-hmm. they don't mm-hmm. they're like well it's science and you're like what and 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 there's a Chesterton quote that I'm I love to quote him but there's mm-hmm. one that's appropriate for this. He talks about how there's like this kind of listless, uh, this is back in the 20s, like this listless uh, group of people, this strata of intelligentsia <laughs> who um, who they'll cite, they'll like casually cite something that they read in a newspaper mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. just uncritically just be like, oh, yeah, no, I mean, I heard that. I heard they found that in the Galapagos Islands or whatever. No, no, I mean, yeah. So, so anyway, and you're like, wait, what? And they're like, right. yeah, so that's the newest thing. Yeah, yeah, right. That's the newest yeah. thing. I've been it's, imparted by the priestly class. Sure, like, sure. So this is yeah, this is a classic example, right, of the midwit, right? You know, who yes. is just has enough intelligence to kind of be told things that yes. higher intellects know, maybe, right? You know, so right. You know, so like a fun one with this, you know, is just like uh shifts in civil war histography right so like mm. everybody has picked up on okay well we can't you know we have well, there's just we have one narrative here that we're allowed to to say right, right. and they get maybe two or three little factoids about that mm. and they mm. learn to repeat them 
and yes. they read it in the Atlantic, right, or something yep. like that, right? No, no, no. Yeah. Someone told them what they read in the Atlantic. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Maybe they picked it up on Twitter or X now, right? Yeah, uh, X, <laughs> whatever. <sure. laughs> and, I reject uh, Elon Musk's uh, brand nominalism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're the funny thing about I S. <laughs> talk about essence and accident essence and accident uh the essence of x is twitter okay that's right that's yeah. right i yeah. yeah i it's funny i have no particular interest or affection or engagement with twitter uh over the many years it's existed uh until i heard about renaming it x and i thought that was pretty funny i was like what are you doing i like, guess yeah that's the most gen x thing elon musk has <laughs> ever done right. um yeah but uh um Anyway, yeah, so I think, you know, the, the, um, you know, the, such people really are, like you say, repeat, just kind of repeating, right? right. Um, uh, but that has a sort of a mimetic force and has a sort of cultural force to it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when that's happening. Um, so maybe they don't understand it deeply and maybe they don't care to. You know, mm-hmm. I just recently brought up the idea of, okay, well, let's, in one of my classes where I was uh, adjunct teaching and, you know, I said, you know, kind of gave a description. Well, maybe this is why how human behavior, we should explain human behavior strictly in terms of physiological prior states. And, right. you know, I was like, that's a kind of scientific. We talk about chemistry. We talk about physics and that kind right. of thing. And, and, I, and then I said, you know, what that means then, of course, is that none of us really choose anything, right? There's no such thing really as choosing. There's just, oh, sure. you know, like there's no freedom, right? And, you know, you're not responsible for what you do and neither is anyone else. Right. Right. Uh, you know, and it was like, oh, wait a second. I, it means that. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Actually, if there's nothing outside of that causal net, then, yeah, it does mean that. Um, yeah. So, you know, yeah, yeah. So probably poorly thought through, of course. Right. Um, yeah. If I may, I was just thinking about, you know, th- there's that wonderful meme template, which is the moron midwit monk. Sure. Uh, yes. uh, uh, you know, uh, IQ uh, bell curve meme. Yeah. If great. I may, if you know, we talk. If I may give a defense of the midwit. Okay. okay? This is okay. This is going to be contrarian, no. but all right. So we talk about human hierarchies, right? And um, I believe there's human hierarchies and ability. You know, it's sure. in, in particular, um, and I like so. This is why good governance and good uh, good civic culture is important, mm-hmm. because if you have these basically like radio repeaters who are giving factoid, who are just blasting factoids uh, along the way in a conversation about, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, in order to maintain the kind of, you know, globally homogenous regime, uh, in short, <laughs> right. globo homo okay, <laughs> right. uh, uh, talking points. Uh, that I think that's never going to go away, and I think that given the literacy rates and the you know the technology proliferation in the Western world, it's only going to grow. That class is only going to grow larger, mm-hmm. and I think that's I, I think it's fine if they're getting right info. That's you know true. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, sure. If the like monk guys are are actually wise, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Whoa, well, you mustn't <laughs> you mustn't work on the Sabbath," haven't you heard? Right, you know, right, you're like, right. like I'd be fine with that. Yeah, uh-huh, sure, sure. But like I sure. heard in the Bible that it said that, and they're right. Okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> right, right. 
No, I think that's true. I think even in a classical model, right? You know, what you might say um, is that the gentleman doesn't need to be the philosopher, right? right. Uh, the gentleman needs to be the knight, the officer, the lord, right? That that sort right. of person, right? Who does a good job of t- taking care of people and making things happen uh, right. and makes sure that the right things happen, right? Because he's learned what the right things are, right? From Right. We'll just say maybe the guardians or whatever. Sure. Right? Yeah. yeah, something along those lines, right? Like um, I don't want my I don't want to get pulled over by a cop and have him be like, "Well, you know, uh, I was actually pondering whether your car was a phantasm that's right. of my of my mind." Okay, I want to be like, "You just violated section, you know, Tennessee annotated code three four seven. You merged mm-hmm. without a blinker." I, I don't want everyone mm-hmm. walking around, don't you know? having their philosophical underpinnings like i mean I, that'd be great if they had it like ready to rock. Be like well this is why i pulled you over you know and like <laughs> yeah, yeah. law is good and i'm a blessed are the peacemakers and like uh-huh. you know all that that's great if they understand that but you know that's not really i don't think it's it's necessary for everyone to walk around being or pretending to be a philosopher king sure i mean i yeah. certainly don't yeah, I mean, I, I mean, pretend to be a philosopher king, sure. and that's why my wife gets annoyed at me. Uh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you only need so many uh, after yeah. all. But I mean, we'll come back to this question about the midwit because I do think there's something particularly uh, vicious about midwittery in uh, sure, our current sure. uh, setup. But we'll come back there to it. There certainly is. Yeah. The um, so the other side of this, so right, we have kind of like this. I would call it almost a faith in science. Not that science is a faith or if science is a religion or something like that. I don't I don't want to go down the that's not what I mean. What I mean is that more than thinking about science as an effective form of inquiry, right? Which right. is an effective form of inquiry within certain domains. Um, instead of thinking about it in those terms, right? Um it's really like we need to believe that science can give us, can fix our lives, right? Science yeah. is it, so it's a it's a kind of normative, ethical, practical faith, right? I trust science mm-hmm. to deliver me the kind of life and society that I want, right? Mm-hmm. It, instead of atomic bombs or viruses that will destroy the world, right? That's another yeah, narrative they about love science, the too, science, right? Yeah, they, they that's the, the Frankenstein science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Science. Yeah, they love the science until uh, until one of their acolyte one until one of their acolytes uh, leaks it from a lab. That's right. That's right. That's why you can't say that that's what it, well, that was not the origin. Wasn't no, it was pangolin soup. It was pangolin soup. My kids when 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 COVID first hit, they're like, "Daddy, what happened?" I was like, "Those dastardly Chinese." Okay, mm-hmm. the Chinese government they they unleashed some sort of strange virus. And right. uh, it likely came from the from a lab, but everyone's saying that it, it maybe came from a wet market, which is like they eat bats. And my children were appalled because they're Western <laughs> and they're like, sure. they eat bats. So we talk about <laughs> Chinese food like six months later. And my middle daughter, she goes, oh, no, you can't eat that. You'll get COVID. And I'm like, that's what they want you to think. <laughs> that it came right. from a wet market. I mean, John yeah. Stewart went on Colbert. Uh, John Stewart, uh, for all of his foibles, uh, he went sure. on Colbert. I think it was in 2020. And the debate was raging on where this thing came from and all that. 
And he's like, I don't know, maybe it came from the Wuhan coronavirus lab (laughs) in Wuhan, China. (laughs) He's like, if there was an outbreak of chocolatey goodness in Hershey, Pennsylvania, what would you say? That's right. (laughs) Maybe it came from the Hershey's factory. Right. right. (laughs) And and, and Colbert was flustered because it was. You know, he he was he's fully locked into this like agnostic. Whoa, we don't really know. It could have been the you know their their delicacies that you know were mm. undercooked or whatever. Right. And 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 John Stewart's just like, uh, no, I yeah. <laughs> I like what, what's what's the, the more likely? Lab. What's the the clearer hypothesis? Right. And right. you know, it, like the lab where they make this kind of stuff. Yeah, the <laughs> lab where they make it. And by the way, China. I mean, everyone's like, oh, you know, China's going to take over the world. And, you know, they have us in a chokehold in many respects. But if you look, there's some wonderful compilation videos on TikTok of like Chinese bridges collapsing. And it's Mm. just like, guys, their lab exit protocol. Remember, they are communists. Like, it's not (laughs) like, so yeah, he didn't wash his hands well enough or like de-louse himself when he got out of the thing. So yeah, whoever did it. Yeah. Gotcha. But they don't want to talk about that. No, 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 no. Because they, they have faith in science, right? Yeah, and they just want to fund it. They're like, ah, oh, well, that's you got to break a little, a few eggs. To, <laughs> you got to crack right. a few eggs to make an omelet or whatever, you know. Sure, sure. And let's put the, the emphasis on people, uh, not where it came from, but, you know, sort of people who don't want to wear a mask or something like that, right? Let's distract Absolutely. from. It's like, the thir- it's like the tertiary good that they then which in so much sin is elevating a lower good above a greater good. Sure. So they come in and they're just hammering. They turn around and put the angst that should be towards the Chinese government. Right. <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. Like in a well-ordered. Right. Yeah. yeah. In a lab, like what happened here? We're going to sanction China. Like, right. <laughs> no, they're sanctioning me. That's right. That's right. That's for not right. wearing your five cent dental hygienist mask. That's okay? right. Yeah. 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 On and, an airplane. And, yeah. And like, uh, like, uh, sort of, uh, um, just, you know, sort of shaming some group of Baptists for getting together to sing hymns, you know, it's, Oh, it's COVID you're killing people. Yeah. You can't <laughs> sing. I mean, that was, I think that was one of the more diabolic, uh, aspects of the whole thing. Right? they literally said like don't sing in church what yeah in church right it's a super spreader of it you mean what of the gospel and joy that's right, okay. that's right. all right yeah so <laughs> the other side of this right so there's this kind of faith in science now what's really interesting is this is right a pre-postmodern view that is it's a modern view it's an enlightenment view right, right. And then, Which I think shows their colors when 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 mm-hmm. things are tough. I think they just, you know, because they could talk about how everything's how nothing's real and relativism, and you know, where where we came from, nothing, which we did uh, ex nihilo, but not in the way they think. And right. it's like, Goop. you know, but like we came from nothing, we are nothing, we're parasitic, maladaptive creatures on the planet. Oh, but if like I'm gonna die. Uh, if I don't choose to euthanize myself uh, beforehand, uh, if I'm going to die from something perilous, they immediately fall back, I think, on the framework, on the blueprint of this kind of enlightenment thinking yes. where they immediately are triumphal over, you know, the back, the backwards uh, religious people or whatever. And then, and then of course it's just tees up wonderfully because when your uncle's on Facebook 
And he's like, I'm not getting the vaccine and, right. you know, whatever, right. you know, and, and I, God bless him. And he's posting like really like poorly edited, like, you know, like, like Jesus on, with his hand on Trump's shoulder or whatever. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's just, and you know, and you're sitting in the, and his nephew sitting in the urban core going, I mean, we're yeah. all going to die here because of this, <laughs> this idiot who, ha- who lives in an area with a population density of 50 per you know square mile. You know, right, it's like, it's actually right. Yeah. yeah Almost yeah. completely harmless. Right. Yeah. Um, like, so yeah, I think you're totally right. Uh, it, do- it does all sort of um, converge, right. Uh, with a certain momentum there. Uh, and I think it's a, it kind of reveals the hand and, you know, part of that hand is, the conquest of nature we don't use that terminology anymore right no of course um, not. in fact we you know on the environmentalist side sort of have a kind of almost you know uh romantic uh kind of adoration of pagan. nature or something at yeah. this point dare say pagan yeah that's right yeah, yeah worship yeah. i don't know yeah. they're worshiping yeah yeah um but not our own nature of course that's that we don't have a nature which is really interesting we're the natureless animal. Uh, yeah. but, uh, but, you know, really, you know, the, the conquest of nature is a part of the enlightenment ideal. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and that we can overcome all these natural limitations, natural orders, natural inclinations with a rational organization, right. Of both our knowledge and of society. Right. Right. Um, so that's always back there. Right. And I think again, you know, comes through at certain times along with that then is, Something else that I hadn't really sort of paid attention to, again, thinking sort of of things in in a postmodern paradigm, I tended to think that ethical questions were one of those sets of questions that that we still were basically thought were all subjective. Mm -hmm. We've cited here one belief, moral belief, you could say, that they have, right, that is the trust and belief in science um, that is ethical. But I think sort of behind that is the view that the most important thing is aggregate human satisfaction and the worst evil is aggregate human suffering. Right. And, and the, the maximization of satisfaction and the minimization of human suffering is actually kind of the, is the, is actually the moral imperative, right? That unless unless it's, yeah. Unless it's Congolese children in lithium mines. Well, you, you know, because they're like, what I'm tra- what I'm trying to say yeah. is that you know they're on their phones mm-hmm. and they're driving around in the plug-in hybrid or whatever, and they're like, you know, and maybe that's the backdrop. And I think that's the most frustrating thing about even their own framework is that when pressed, you're like, yeah, but like the Congolese uh, minor, like literal minor miners yeah. are slaving away in the mud, getting lithium all over their their feet. Mm-hmm. you know, nothing to eat. And you, you like bring that up, which is a very nineties thing sure. to bring up into right. your point earlier. Like they wouldn't, they don't care. They're yeah. like, no, no, because I think yes, aggregate human suffering is something that they're opposed to uh, and aggregate human uh, comfort or whatever is something to be struck is something to strive for. But, but they, instead of like saying, Oh wow, look at all the technology we've produced over the last hundred years. What a wonderful thing. We have antibiotics, the MRI machine. We can get a car mm-hmm. to stump. We can summon a car at t- in the target parking lot uh, to mm-hmm. come pick us up. 
uh, and instead of that, they they loathe talking to their grandpa at Thanksgiving, who's like, yeah, back in my day, it sucked. You know, they're not like, <laughs> I know, and isn't it wonderful, like, what it's like now? I'm so mm-hmm. sorry that was like that. Like, whatever, man. Right. You know, there's uh-huh. nothing to learn from you. Sure. Because you were part of the problem because you didn't have a time machine to have my brain in That's the right. 1940s. Yeah. yeah. So they yeah. sneer. It's a sneering kind of thing. It is. It is. I think there's something tied into that, though, right? Um, is um, it's very instructive to go back and read. Uh, I don't remember exactly when it came out. It was maybe the late 50s or early 60s. This sounds so corny even to say, but uh, the UN Universal Declaration of Human Rights. <laughs> that doesn't sound corny. It sounds like uh, something I'd see in a meme. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you think like the UN, right? That includes like all of these sort of like North Korea <laughs> and all these places, you know. But anyways, so mm-hmm. the uh, um, something very interesting in there, right, is this insistence. Of course, this is in um, you know the great narrative of the 20th century is the overcoming of racism, the overcoming of, of Nazism, the overcome and, and and coming to terms with the Holocaust. Right? We understand ourselves. Right? A lot of people understand themselves, and and society in America and the West and the rest of the world within that sort of structure. Right. And so the the Declaration of Human Rights talks very stridently about the inherent dignity of every human person and the equal dignity of every human person. Right. Such that all of them have equal rights that will not they will not be deprived of unnecessarily or without due process or something of that nature. Mm -hmm. So um, but it is interesting that that inherent dignity and inherent quality, um, that that sort of thing seems to kind of ground it. So, you know, th- thinking about past generations, right, and the dismissal right. of the sneer you were talking about, those those past generations, because they did not recognize this, mm-hmm. right, this is, I think, the narrative, because they did not recognize this, they, called un- they caused unjustifiable suffering mm-hmm. right? uh, and are worthy of the sneer. They're worthy of derision. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because of their lack of recognizing dignity and causing suffering. And so for that reason, they're sneer worthy. Right. And right. And, and, and that same goes for deplorables today. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why they can, you know, you can sneer at them. I, uh, I think I shared with you yesterday, there was a, a meme that somebody posted on Facebook um, along the lines of uh, it's a 1950s advertisement. I don't know what it originally would have said, but it had sort of a, a nice uh, caring nurse, um, you know, sort of uh, helping ministering to uh, a young child in the young girl in the hospital and in the balloon, uh, you know, sort of dialogue balloon. Uh, it's uh, uh, there was the words, Oh, I'm sorry, honey, this is Tennessee and you have to keep your daddy's baby. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, God, like, you know, okay. Um, what's going on there? Right. This is, yeah. you know, a criticism of Tennessee for having callous and indif- uh, indifferent to suffering abortion laws. Right. Right. Our, mm-hmm. our abortion laws cause suffering and therefore are bad. 
Right. Well, point of note: uh, the left can't meme. Like the terrible <laughs> meme. So, so like it's kind of heavy-handed. Right? Yeah. I, okay. It's they can't funny. meme. Number one. Uh, and yeah, what they didn't put in there, which would have made it actually, uh, what you could t- do to make it funny, is that behind her hand, like she's got her hands behind her back, she's got a brochure for um, uh, you know how to cut your breasts off. Right. Like you, you should cut your breasts off too. Uh, if you really, if you feel like it, you know, or whatever, I don't know, here's some propaganda. And, uh, you know, I've got a wonderful thruple, um, that mm. you should meet that could help guide you with mindfulness on how to deal with your, you know, state and force suffering. That, mm. So that's the thing they, they're like, Oh, well, we got this. In fact, our, our mayoral candidate, one of our mayoral candidates, uh, in a recent debate here in Nashville, called Tennessee a forced birth state, like from the podium. Uh, yeah. 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 And so you're you're right. They're operating on this. And yet they're not they're not cognizant of the technocratic atro- like biological atrocities that will not be looked on favorably. They'll looked on they'll be looked on probably like eugenics sure, at sure. some point, you know? And it will be mm-hmm. but it will be it will be memory hold and swept under the rug and yeah. no one will know about it and all that. So while they are concerned with uh, alleviating aggregate human suffering, it's on their terms, and they, their terms change every decade, this every yeah. single decade. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, and it's kind of right. like the, suffer- the suffering for who, right? Um, uh, you know, because you you could see right that that there is like this other side of suffering that's caused. But I think there's just a straightforward denial. That, I mean, I think what the the response the repost with is you're just incorrect. These mm-hmm. these surgeries diminish human mm-hmm. suffering. Right. They create they increase satisfaction mm-hmm. uh, because they allow uh, these children to experience their true identity. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's you know so that uh, you know that's, that's an argument of fact, right? Uh, or claim about facts, right? Um, sure. And this is where, of course, I mean, I think in a certain sense, you have to say. Um, Satisfaction's not a sufficient <laughs> criteria for action. Right? No, you know, and neither is displeasure, right? You well, know, I mean, I mean, it's yeah. kind of infantile, and you know, it brings to mind. And this is, I think, important. We've picked up this way of thinking, and I don't think it's completely accidental, and I think it's no. ultimately kind of infantile. Uh, in the little book I wrote about uh, modern political ideas. I talk about utilitarianism as the reign of feelings, right? Mm. And uh, feelings and numbers, as yeah, if you could book, turn. Your, thank you. Yeah. As if you could turn over your life to numbers and, and feelings, and, and you just if you can quantify your feelings just the right way. I mean, doesn't this sound infantile, right? I mean, just quantify your your positive feelings, negative feelings, right? Mm-hmm. And sort of like weigh it all out. That's the way you should go, right? And mm-hmm. um, that is kind of where I think uh, we are. And, and you know, I, I hate to do this, but it does remind me um, of Huxley's Brave New World, right? I mean, that there there is this kind of like infant uh, making infantile. I'm not sure how to say it uh, of human beings, such that I really can't. I, I think I think I don't know that this is entirely true, but it's hard, I think, for a lot of modern humans to act on motivations other than satisfaction right now like saying to somebody it's your duty stop it 
It's yeah, dishonorable. If you said it, yeah. If you for you to do X. that, well, I think I think you'll now shame your family sure. for doing that. You know, like, but they're but they're lin- <laughs> but that's the whole thing is that their lineage is is depraved in their paradigm. The lineage their lineage is depraved. Right. Yeah. And so like, and to the point earlier about, about the left, the leftist meme that, you know, and they can't meme again, I want to remind the listeners, um, <laughs> though that whole, that, that idea, right. Like, well, I'm so sorry. You, in this state, you have to keep your daddy's baby. Right. Mm-hmm. They will then turn around and, and, and deride like right-wing voters, conservative mm-hmm. voters in the hinterlands as being, you know, incestuous backwoods, right. you know, yokels uh, whom they would, whom they would probably be fine with. You know, they're like, <laughs> they'd love for her to abort. They, they wish that person was aborted. You know, they don't <laughs> want those people around. So it's like, it's like, you know, that's like the, 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 the kind of weaponized like little flash of populism or whatever that they sure. will then they'll like, they'll be like, well, no folks, access to abortion health care in uh in you know clay county or whatever well, look, i mean isn't that i mean the, the truth is i mean we know about margaret singer's racist background right i mean we yeah. know we know that like abortion was meant to call certain populations right mm-hmm. i mean that's just i mean that's terrible to say but right it's just the truth right i mean right. I, I don't <laughs> you know right? that's the truth <laughs> right? um but yeah, uh, and I know it's and instead of saying like, instead of making a meme about going to find that dad and like lynching him sure, or something, right. yeah. you know, that, like they're, they're like, yeah, in this state, it's each there's the state so evil. How about we go take care kill of the, the guy? Right. Yeah, how about we just kill the guy? I mean, what, right, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. there's agree. no memes about like the 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 bad guy. It's all mm-hmm. about the like the like proximate bad guy, yeah. You know the yeah. failed solution, right? You right. know uh, that that sort of thing. I mean, obviously, criminal justice this comes up all the time, right? Of course, uh, you know that um, you nobody cares about just punishing the the criminal, right? It's the, like well, no, unless actually, they do, unless they do, <laughs> unless they do, <laughs> right? Yeah, unless there, there's do. some there are some individuals. Right again, yeah. worthy of the sneer and worthy of punishment, but for the yeah. most part, right, right, they they just they just kind of want to uh, do something else. So, I mean, I think you know the the extreme of this. I mean, I, the one area where I see this come out all the time is, is the discussions about homelessness, right? And it drives me a little crazy. There are these people who are public advocates for the homeless, mm-hmm. who advocate for them to remain in crap conditions. And yes. that they should be left alone. And I'm like, no, yeah. I love the mm-hmm. homeless too much mm-hmm. to say we should just leave them alone and turn over sections of our cities to criminality and drug abuse and self-destruction, right? I mean, that's all right. that well, is, you know? Well, Dr. Smith, the only reason they're in squalor now is because uh, the city council can't can't dredge up the dredge up the funds to you know do housing first solutions right because <laughs> these people are just like me right you know right. they just are down on their luck and they're mm-hmm. just like me never mind that we cleared out that we basically banned the insane asylums back in mm-hmm. the 70s based on a spurious uh paper by a berkeley psychologist who literally fabricated his work uh wow. in his published paper 
I, like, and never the, never the mind that like they're all on mental health probation and they burned every bridge in their life and they're mentally ill or, you know, they have demonic, they have demonic attacks happening all the time or whatever. No, I mean, that they want it to they they that first of all they don't live there they don't live near that sure you know and probably very few of them have people who are who have in their family you know network or whatever who have become homeless and so they're like yeah just leave them on the street and uh you know they have a right to the sidewalk and it's fine that they're just like living next to the lows and walking around naked in West Nashville and all that. I mean, that's what ha- I saw naked dude uh, outside of Lowe's. There was a huge mm-hmm. camp there and there was a huge outcry when they cleared out uh, the park because they're like, well, you know, they they're living in the woods and, and, you know, it's like Mad Max in there, but it's romantic and, and it's well, so sad. It romantic. And it's so <laughs> sad at the same time. Like, you know, I mean, like I, I had a friend who uh, back when I was left wing and when I turned when I when I came out on the Internet <laughs> as, a, as a conservative, uh-huh. this this woman, this woman tried to like smear me as as, you know, uh, using like a racist uh, caricature uh, accent when I was reading some poetry. And and I was like and, and she loved to take pictures of like like working class whites out mm-hmm. in the hinterlands and was like, Oh, look, they're like smoking palm malls and you know, they, the, it's the folks. Right. Uh-huh. But if you got, if you sat down and were like, okay, here's what I think of you. And here's what, you know, it, it, it's like total detachment. Right. They, they'll take, they'll take the homeless for instance, and they go, well, you know, we must do something about this. Right. right. And then they don't. They, they've they've taken I mean because I let's be real I, I mean I, I I've worked with people who are near homeless I for you know five years and they don't really understand because they don't know these people they don't really mm. get it sure you know? yeah 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 I've encountered probably hundreds of them personally in my life like yeah it's sort of like projecting I, yeah it's sort of like projecting like well how would it be that I was in this situation and then you come up with a sort of a uh, you know, sort of a, a tragic tale. And of course, I mean, we would all concede that of course there are tragic tales, right? Sure. Uh, yeah. That that happens and wherever it does happen, we should try to ameliorate that. Mm-hmm. But ameliorate, that means like not letting it be homeless anymore. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. Like maybe you know? like I want to fix homelessness. I don't want to accommodate it. You know what I mean? Right. Like right. I want to overcome this problem. Right. Right. And, and then they would say, <laughs> but in devil's advocate, they would say, but Dr. Smith, we do too, but because we're, you know, because the state of Tennessee is beholden to the Koch brothers and to the NRA, and we're more concerned about, you know, arming our teachers or whatever, we have no <laughs> legislative bandwidth for the housing first solution where we just right, put them in right. houses. Just them in housing, yeah. yeah, just yeah. put them in tiny houses. Yeah, they'll <laughs> eat, they'll live in the pod, they'll eat the bugs, all that. You know, we're going to vax them up and put them in there. <laughs> Like guys, they aren't like they have problems. Sure, These guys yeah, have problems, yeah, and it's yeah. sad, you know. It, people think we're ca- I'm callous or whatever. Uh, whenever I see a homeless person, I think of them as a little child, like mm-hmm. you know. And I'm like, wow, like you know, because I've got kids, and I'm like, man, that would be such a bummer for my own children to become homeless and like live on the street. That'd be so right. terrible. And so like, it's all these like technocratic solutions without charity. And I think that's at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. what's happening Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. the Catholic church has posited 
labor, labor. They've commented on almost everything, labor, gender, homelessness, mm. whatever it is. And by large, it's been competent responses that are common sense on how, on how we should view these things and what should we, we should do about them. And what the, the post postmodern uh, culturati and intelligentsia do is they divorce the charity from these solutions. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, they can't even agree on what like the best end is. So say with homelessness, it's housing first. Okay. Right. All right. Where do we put them? Where are the houses? Who's building them? And what do we do about it once we get the sure. houses up? Yeah. Yeah. They just—they're just like, well, I mean, we, we just like to say that we we just are just going to say that, and you're like, well, what? What's the charitable <laughs> thing to do? Right, right. And they're yeah. like, what? They're like, what? This isn't a charity. You're like, no, like chair, like no love. What's the loving thing to do? You right, know? right. It's all divorced. It's all divorced charity, mm-hmm. and that's why it's bad. That's why it's 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 perverse. Sure. Well, this is an interesting point. You bring this you know, to, back to, to, to the question of love and charity and, you know, we could kind of maybe start to wrap up here, but I think, you know, um, see, we have, a. I think they would say they're being loving, but they are, of course have, a, an underdeveloped understanding of love. Right. And it's a kind of love that, is a, like their view of love is egalitarian, right? Mm-hmm. Um, love is love, whatever that's supposed to mean, right? And uh, we love everyone equally, which of course is not rational or good, right? You should or love, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should love your your wife more than other women. You should love your children more than other children. Part, part your partner. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> You're right. You should yeah. love your own country more than other countries. Uh, all that sort of stuff, right? Um, mm-hmm. The uh, that doesn't mean you don't love other countries. You just love your own more, right? So it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't just just a little distinction there, right? Mm-hmm. More or less, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, so the, the, there's the egalitarianism that confuses them, and they mistake a sentiment for an act of the will. Um, yes the Mm -hmm. sentiment right so it's got to be equal and it's a feeling so i equally Mm -hmm. have the feeling of affirming all of these different lifestyles social positions um you know kinds of relationships uh Mm -hmm. activities um regardless of the underlying content right that is contemporary that's what their love is right so you know it's that feeling of affirmation right Mm -hmm. whereas you know true love right is intending and choosing the good for a person correct now hopefully often that will be accompanied by appropriate feeling that's the best Mm -hmm. scenario right we don't need to be robots but but you notice what's what's basic there and what's defining and distinguishing is the good, right? You know, uh, I, I like to, you know, love does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth, right? Uh, right. In the New Testament, right? So you're not loving when you will a homelessness to someone mm-hmm. or approve of it. That's not mm-hmm. loving. That's the opposite. Human no. shelter, even in the in, in their own in their own terminology, human shelter is a basic right. Sure. <laughs> and so what we should be wanting is to, because I love you, I insist on you not being homeless. 
right? Yeah. And we're going to do the things that prevent that homelessness, right? And those might be things that are um, painful at the level of sentiment, but are good at the level of human development. Mm -hmm. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I I think that um, you're spot on. The, the big rub with all that though is um it's kind of like the Martha's Vineyard immigrant thing where they where the, some governors <laughs> flew illegal immigrants to Martha's Vineyard uh Ill- maybe illegal it's aliens Excuse yeah me. Uh, uh, pardon me pardon me undocumented persons of indeterminate gender <laughs> the um, where, why they keep calling it the migrants that always makes me think of like birds yeah something. yeah they're they're uh, like they they're, just kind of migrate through the earth yeah they're undocumented migrants of indeterminate gender and uh when they flew them up there it was Mm -hmm. that was a brilliant move because you know it's when it's in your backyard you know you're like they move these people move and they self-segregate and you know because biology is strong and Mm -hmm. we don't talk you know the, the 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 herd mentality and the mimetic quality of the human yes. mind and, yeah. and, and yeah. the, 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 uh, how things are parroted and repeated throughout society. I mean, that's just a lot of the stuff is natural. It's the, the problem is, is that the good as defined isn't good. And <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I think it was C.S. Lewis in the screw tape letters where, he has uh, one of the demons is talking to the other demon. He's like, all right, so you're a signed guy. Get him to love humanity. That's right. right? <laughs> if he loves humanity, right. don't love his neighbor. Mm-hmm. That's right. And That's so, right. you know, this whole idea of slacktivism, right? And I, th- I think that most people are just slacktivists. They don't want to like, they, they'd be appalled at, at actually speaking with a homeless person. They, they'd be, they're, they're terrified. They don't want to go do the work. I mean, you bet you said you have this kind of like Dorothy Day leftover kind of sentiment still where it's like we got to get down and dirty with the with the homeless or whatever or whatever it is, you know, um, illiteracy or whatever. You just don't see people going out and volunteering, putting their money where their mouth is. And that's endemic to the to the right and to the Catholic world as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I just think people are lazy and I think that they want they want to parrot these these you know current the current post postmodern thing and they don't want to actually put their boots on the ground and go do the thing they don't want to house homeless people you know it's mm-hmm. dangerous mm-hmm. they yeah. don't want to do that yeah. you know but they'll yeah. sit around and go well tennessee the state of tennessee isn't doing anything about it right you know their welfare <laughs> you know your, their food stamp programs terrible and or whatever you know sure. and then they'll go down to capitol hill and get a photo op uh, with their their astroturf signs or whatever, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's sure. But, but I think you're right, though, in a way that um, uh, in, to the earlier point about the underpinnings. This like po- we've moved from this postmodern kind of skepticism mm-hmm. uh, into this post postmodern re- um, like feelings regime. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That seems about right to me um, with a, a, a strong sense that science is what's going to help us maximize the feelings. Right. Uh, and uh, along with some exercise of government power, um, 
that those things with some rational planning by, you know, following Fauci, following the science, right? right. And uh, then we can maximize those those good sentiments, right? Uh, and minimize them, the bad ones. It only takes a few minutes of reflection to know that, of course, that's bad, even in your own life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why I also think this is kind of maybe the morality that that a large part of society is intended to have, but surely not everybody in society could possibly think that way. Right. Um, Well, they may think that way, but I don't know. It's kind of like the wall, you know, everyone was aghast at the idea we put a wall up between Mexico and, and, mm -hmm. and America. And then you had the classic kind of retort, which is like, well, you got walls in your house, you know, you're posting on next door, you know, that that some guy was like standing in front of your house for a little too long or something. Right, yeah, sure. You know, sure. there's a great clip, uh, uh, a great stand up bit by a guy named Sebastian Maniscalco. And he talks about growing up in an Italian family where like people would just stop by the house and be like, hey, and they'd be like, come, in. come in for dinner. Like it's time. Get the wine out. And now when people knock on your door. It's like SEAL Team Six. Like who's here? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you look through my doorbell camera. Yeah, let me lay in my bed and look through my doorbell camera, and then not answer the door, mm-hmm. and then maybe call non-emergency because you don't want to get you know a transient person involved with uh, you know a justice. Sure. You don't want to turn a transient person into a justice-involved individual, as they now say <laughs> for felons. Right. Uh, yeah. So. It, it, it that's what's going on mm-hmm. that yeah, is what's yeah, going yeah, on yeah, and yeah. and whatever the you know the, the philosophical underpinnings of it are there's it's the post postmodernism idea of like mm. let my feelings dictate but i think this is all following a breakdown of 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 the family unit as the primary sure. foundation yeah. of civilization yeah. i i just think that that's what's going on yeah, and, I think you're right. I mean, it just flows. It just yeah. flows. It flows I, down. Yeah, I think the uh, and we'll we'll close with this. I think a lot of the ideas we've talked about are important part of what's going on. Uh, um, my current phrasing for this is something like Dionysian enlightenment, right? Yeah. Uh, which uh, sounds really awful and weird, but um, the. Um, uh, but I also think those ideas play a role, right? But I oh, do think sir, there are hundred percent. But I think there is. I think you're right that there are structural underpinnings, right? And something I I will always give a nod here to both Marx and Machiavelli on, but this is also I would say President Aristotle is you know um, sometimes you know those of us sort of in the kind of classical worldview, Christian worldview kind of uh, position, only think about it in terms of ideas, right? And don't look at structures and incentives, mm-hmm. right? And structures and incentives are actually really, really important, right? And, yeah. you know, one of the things my, that's, you know, Machiavelli in one way brings this up, structures, incentives, and sort of, I would get a kind of really basic human motivations, right? Uh, are at play as much as right um, uh, ideas uh, and philosophical constructions 
um, again, I think I tend to think that they're they're sort of interconnected, right, and that they sort of um, play off of each other, right. Um, right. But at the same time, I do think the structures are key. If we had structures and incentives that undergirded the traditional, the natural family, right, mm-hmm. a lot of these problems would just dissolve. Right. A hundred percent. I think, you know, even just say something simple like technological, like if the pill had never been invented, mm-hmm. a lot of these problems wouldn't have even emerged. Chastity has a sort of practical force to it when, you know, um, Kuwaitis interrupt us and condoms are your only way of uh, avoiding uh, pregnancy. Right. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Right. They're, Damn, chassis doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's practical, and it's it's pro. In this case, maybe we can do another episode on yes, on yep. technology. I, I just think that. Uh, so you're right. So even in with so when we talk about structures, people probably some people might recall and be like, "Oh wow, they're talking about like structural racism or whatever." Okay, uh, I'm talking about like the literal structure of like the neighborhood. Sure. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. if you're sitting in the like. Like everyone moves out of the cities, they all get they all get telephones. Mm-hmm. Have this kind of holdover family Christmas time ethos, right? Uh-huh. Sure, that's gone. Yeah, it's Seal right. Team Six when someone knocks on your door. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like if someone knocked on my door, I don't freak out. I'm like, who is it? I hope it's a Jehovah's Witness so I can talk to. Them. <laughs> now that's my personality. Sure. Sure. But. but uh, you know, if someone's knocking on the door, or my wife's at home, she's getting a little antsy because sure. like we are we are atomized in our own neighborhood. We're surrounded by sure. people who are hostile to us. Yeah. Um, we 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 don't we're not in close proximity to people we we agree mm-hmm. with and that we know and all that, because I live in a, li- a liberal neighborhood in the urban core. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we go to we go to mass and we know our mass people and we love mm-hmm. them and we love our you know Protestant friends from college and all that. But but though but hey, seventeen percent of Catholics go to mass every week. Right. Okay? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And half of sure, them think, sure. or a third of them think the Eucharist is real, or whatever the mm-hmm. abysmal numbers are from uh, out of Georgetown. So uh, th- these talk about structures. When the church, because the church, <laughs> everyone's like, oh, I love medieval Europe. I love going there. Not medieval. I love going to Europe. It's mm-hmm. so beautiful. We need yeah. walkable cities here in, in, in America, just like Europe. Yeah, well. Cool. You need drunk <laughs> Germans to build your cathedral and then uh, have everything fan out from that cathedral in a kind of hob knob, like just hobbled together, cobbled together sure. structure. So they're like, well, right. this structural imbalance with the suburbs in America. Sure. Yeah. But if the telos of all these things, so universal health care, uh, homelessness solutions, Yada yada. If you do a living wage, fair mm. wages, that's right. rarum navarum. But sure. like that doesn't. Pope what was it Pope Leo the eleventh or thirteenth? Oh, thirteenth. He wasn't envisioning yeah. McDonald's. Okay, <laughs> as being right. that. Yeah, remember mm. fight for fifteen. Well, the government already inflated it. Now it's you don't have to fight for fifteen. You're paying right. your, for your life if you're making fifteen bucks an hour. <laughs> right. So yeah. like yeah. they just divorce all these things from the the natural telos, the end, mm. which is human flourishing, getting people to heaven, having right. a reasonable amount of happiness in this life. Sure. 
ameliorating suffering, but mostly as a work of mercy, mm-hmm. not as an end goal for your life. Sure. That's right. Right. right? That's right. Yeah. That so is an end in itself. just adjusting yeah. these goods. Mm-hmm. And when you adjust a good, it's kind of like if you're shooting for the moon, if you can even do that. I'm just kidding. All right. You're shooting for the moon right, if you don't hit the if you don't hit the firmament first. Okay. Just if kidding. Shoot, just kidding. Just kidding. All right. If you're, if you're shooting for the moon and you're off by three degrees, you're got, not going to hit the moon. And if you're shooting for human flourishing and you're off by two degrees, you might not hit it. And then if you're powering through and you're like, you've shot past the moon and you're in the, the void, the vacuum of space, and you're like, no, no, just a little bit longer. Mm-hmm, hey, mm-hmm. no mutiny. In fact, right. you guys are going to stay put right here. Do not touch the controls. We're not going back. I mean, that's, that's just right. what's happening. That's right. Right? Because that's everyone's right. aiming towards the good. Uh, like we're, That's our, how our brains are set up. It's how God designed us is to sure. seek the good. And mm-hmm. so they're just, they're wrong about the goods. And they're right. continuing on the course. And they're keeping people from mutiny. And we're mm-hmm. all just like, hey. I'm going to go to the chapel. You haven't cl- shut that off yet. I'm just going to go back there and like try to get you to turn around and maybe I'll get elected as the captain someday or whatever. Maybe we will mutiny. That's I mean, right. that's just, that's how I see all this. That's it's right. Like, that's hey, right. like you guys are talking weird. Uh, uh, you know, anyway. The off target moonshot. I think we'll leave it at the that. The off target moonshot. I like moonshot. it. That's good. Just that's saying. good. That's good. Well, uh, uh, I hope uh, our listeners and uh, friends uh, enjoyed our conversation. When I enjoyed it a lot, I think uh, a lot to think about there, a lot to yeah. uh, reflect on. Um, you know, I think um, if uh, you know to in wrap up on a positive note, as misshapen as all all of this is, as off target as it is, um, you know, we do actually know the goods. The goods are pretty basic they're pretty fundamental we can't fix the world on our own obviously uh and you know we do want and need a a decent society around us uh but the best we can do of course is you know uh pray raise our families have good friends yeah do the good do the good things in ourselves raise our kids well yeah worship god you know be be bold bold too yeah i agree because all because i had a realization last year you know, I was just really like spooled up watching a lot of uh, uh, fear, fear content. I don't sure. know if I could say what I was out of fear content online and like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, this is just doom, doom scrolling. Right. Yeah. yeah. And um, and I was like, wow, this is so crazy. Then I watched uh, Matt Walsh's What is a Woman uh, mm-hmm. documentary. Right. And I and I was watching it and I was actually I was actually. I wasn't like, yeah, look at these idiots. I was like, these people have no cogent arguments. Right. Yeah. They mm-hmm. don't have the truth. They are not operating on a framework of truth. And so I was like, wait a minute. Cause I think a lot of times people who of faith, people who are watching this, were going, Hey, everything's crazy. Like mm. I'm scared. Right. 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 You know? And of course you can get, you can get canceled and like get, lose your job. And that's a, a serious consideration. But as far as like interpersonally, yeah, you're right. Find our vocations and do them to the best of our abilities with God's grace. That's first and foremost. Sure. And secondly, be bold. Yeah. And just know that when you're talking to somebody who is advocating for any of these very squirrely demonic ideas, mm-hmm. 
in conversation, if you ever, or, or you're talking to someone who's getting into these, getting into these ideas, or right. like, you know, you're at you're Thanksgiving and you, you're, you're, the cousin comes into town and he, she's at, you know, uh, Middleton MTSU. And she's right. like, well, actually, you know, da, da. you just, so you go, I don't think so. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's true. Other people normally just are just going, oh, okay, weird. That's, uh, that lady, and then they get in the car and they're like, she's off the rails. Can you right, believe right. that? I don't and know the thing is, even here. even when you when you do that, sort of like have to be bold, right? You don't have to be a jerk. You can say, no. you know, Darlene, bless your heart. I I just disagree with you. You know, I'm only and, a jerk uh, online, Doctor Smith. <laughs> I'm only a jerk I'm online. A jerk online. <laughs> That's yeah, really I, <laughs> I'm just saying like right. yeah these they don't know they don't like they don't know That's and right. and and instructing the ignorant is a work of mercy sure and sure. there's ample the harvest is plenty and the laborers are few and there's ample opportunity to do that and the people who are watching this are equipping themselves to do that yes and so yes. I encourage all the listeners and viewers just it doesn't have to be you don't have to have the kind of uh, extrovert uh personality like i do to be bold you, mm. it, it can be as simple as you're on your lunch break and someone brings something up and instead of just being like that's crazy i know the world's going crazy you can say something blunt and go like it's evil right yeah. and if they're like what what's that you're like it's it's a deprivation of the good that's There's, right it's, <laughs> it's something that ought not be sure yeah okay Absolutely. yeah yeah so Good. Well, good. hey, I really appreciate you having me on here. It was a, sure. it was a pleasure. I, I'm normally not uh, at full strength at 8:30 in the morning, um, <laughs> but I was able to rally. And, and uh, Jesus and gave us coffee. It's well, hey, I, I, I'm I'm Mormon, <laughs> man. No, no caffeine for like three years now. Woo, man! I'm telling That's you, yeah. serious. Now nicotine. <laughs> I got you. Well, friends, thanks so much for listening and participating. With thanks so much. Uh, please be sure to like uh, the video um, and share it with others. Uh, also, uh, I will put a link in the description below for this. But um, we do uh, now have our Patreon site up. So those who would like Excellent. to support our work uh, using Patreon uh, uh, can do so. We'd really appreciate that. And uh, until next time, God bless. <laughs>